This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your tablet, smartphone, and desktop. Support the show and get a free audiobook of your choice by visiting audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Follow Standard Orbit, Mr. Chekhov, and take us in. Hi, sir. Is the word of Landru. Joy to you, friends, and thanks for joining us here in Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated show to the original series. My name is Drew, or Landru, and this is my co-host Mike from Commentary Trek Stars. Hello. Hey, Mike. How's it going today? Uh, it's going okay. You know, um, it's the start of football season. Oh. I mean, like, real football, you know, the professional kind. I was going to say, I watched some college ball last weekend. There was, I, I, they yeah. were sporting. I don't, I don't. I don't mean to put down college football. If anything, I imagine college football is more pure because you know they want to play. Whereas, like, did you see Funny or Die did this thing with uh, Bonnie McKee, no. where they did like the Sunday night football opening, but it was like a uh, a true Sunday night football opening. Oh man, where I all have they to talk see about that. is like concussions and Deflate Gate and <laughs> spousal abuse and stuff like that. It's pretty great. That um, sounds great. Yeah. Because we that. love to make fun of that. You know, it's Sunday football time. So. Right. Yeah. But I still enjoy watching football regardless, even if they all are um, monsters. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> They're not all monsters. I mean, you know, what Chris Cluey, who hangs out with uh, Will Wheaton, he, he's, he seems like a really cool guy. Now I give I give sports a hard time, but that is just an act. I do I do like football. Not enough to follow it, but I, I'll appreciate watching a game i understand the strategy and stuff yeah it's a big day in my house because i'm a bears fan and my wife's a packers fan and it's opening day and the bears are playing the packers oh, so we'll man. see what happens i'm surprised i didn't hear about that at work i've got we've got some packers fan and some bears fans at a in my office yeah yeah monday will be interesting it's exciting the other one's thanksgiving so that could be an interesting end to the to the day but uh they we'll battle again goes. at Thanksgiving? Yeah, Thanksgiving night. Weird. Yeah. I didn't think teams played each other more than once, often. The division rivals do. Oh, So okay. the Bears and Packers play twice each year. Once in Chicago and once in Green Bay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's enough <laughs> sports talk. Sport orbit. Yeah. Sporbit. I need to stop combining random words. But today we're going to talk about the comic comparisons, the the comcoms. Stop combining words. <laughs> That's more of an abbreviation. That's true. All right, it's it's time for the most recent we we've caught up to the episode comparisons. I've not read any of the comics between the last comic we read and this one. Have uh-huh. you read any of the 5-year mission stuff? Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. And it's interesting because what they seem to be doing now is adding more like continuity to it. So like the the, the one right before this or, or the one two episodes before this, I guess, they're like shot across the galaxy and they end up in the Delta Quadrant. It's very Voyager of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And their and their warp core won't work any, anymore. They don't have any more dilithium crystals. Right. 
So, and that's like how that one ends. And then in the next one, they meet this woman and she's like, I can totally take you to this place where you can buy some dilithium crystals. And they're like, this seems really shady. And they go there and essentially she ends up selling the Enterprise and the crew to this like weird like tentacle being thing. And then they need to find a way to get out of that. And they do. Spoilers. And they get they get their 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 warp core working again and then they leave. So at the start of Tholian Webs, which is what we're talking about today, they're on their way back, right from the Delta Quadrant. You know, they're not nearly as far out as, as Voyager was, but they're like, it's going to take a little while for us to get home, but at least we can get home now because we've got, you know, warp drive, and that's when they stumble across Tholian space. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they got out of being enslaved to the, the tentacle creature because that would make for an odd movie. Yeah. Like, you know, they just starts up. Hi, we're in the Delta Quadrant, slaves to this, uh, this, this tentacle guy. I mean, but that would be bold, right? I mean, that would certainly set them apart. And kind of an in media res thing, way. but yeah, hmm, yeah. I don't think they don't care know. enough about the comics. I don't know. They yeah. don't care about television. Why would they care about comics? Yeah. All right. So yes, in the Tholian webs, they're they're on their way home from the Delta Quadrant. Which is weird because those Vulcans were in the Delta Quadrant and Vulcans Vengeance. So like is is the Delta Quadrant a lot closer in the alternate universe? Like like the quadrants are maybe like rotated like particular degrees that it's really close to Federation space now? Well they say it's bordering the Alpha Quadrant. Um but apparently Earth is in the beta quadrant. Right. No. I don't think so. I don't know. This is what Larry says. And he okay. wrote the book on it. Well, then so, I'll believe Larry. Like, I think at one point, Earth was supposed to be like, the, like the basically the midpoint. line between Alpha and Beta goes through Earth. That's how I was brought up. It's yeah. what the Akutas taught me. Yeah. So, but I think most of like what we know is in the Beta Quadrant. Oh, okay. Anyway, they say that the Alpha Quadrant borders the Delta Quadrant. So, which it didn't in Voyager because they actually traveled through the Beta Quadrant for a bit before they got to the Alpha Quadrant. Well, maybe and they were always a, going back to the Alpha Quadrant. Maybe it was a shortcut. Right. You know? I don't know. Anyway, so... Regardless. It's really close to the Alpha Quadrant now. I guess so, yeah. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it says that it's like on the border. I mean, it is three-dimensional, so I don't know how that messes things up. Oh, it messes everything up. Yeah. So they're they're yeah. traveling at warp like you do, and then they get blasted out of warp like you do, and we get a really cool panel of the ship upside down as it falls out of warp like it does in Into Darkness, which is mm-hmm. the coolest part of Into Darkness, when they kind of fall out of the warp field and spin, whee! That's pretty cool. The other thing I like is uh, when they warp in into darkness, it has like the trail, mm-hmm. right? Because it doesn't have that trail in, in 09, right? Right. I like the trail, and especially since it has that sort of like floaty handheld shot mm-hmm. of like when it warps away, 
and the trail, you know, is still there, but it's like floaty. And when you see that, generally speaking, I mean, I guess I, I don't really prefer the 3D version of Into Darkness, but when you watch that scene in 3D, it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, it looks awesome, you know? Like just the trail going yes. all the way into the distance. It's pretty sweet. Oh man, we're gonna get we're gonna get Star Wars warp not warp fields, but the the streaks mm-hmm. in three D. I'm still not convinced that three. Well, I'm convinced that three D is the way to see Star Wars because I'm convinced that's the only way you're gonna get to see it in IMAX. But aside from that, I'm not at all convinced that Star Wars should be watched in in three D. Right. Not this one. Definitely not episode eight. Ryan Johnson's already gone on record and said, I don't really like 3D. Hmm. Well, in a couple years, it may be gone again. Who knows? Yeah. All right. So uh, they jump out of warp. It's not those dilithium crystals that Shady Lady sold them. Uh, It's the fact that they can now pass through objects in the ship. They're in inner space. Inner not inner space inner phase inner space is the that's the one where they shrink down and they like go and like fight viruses first movie i ever saw letterboxed huh i was like why are there black bars on the top and bottom of the screen this movie is garbage well i'm sure the movie's garbage anyway uh, I, there's a lot of people who love that movie i don't know i just i, I just made a whole bunch of people crash their cars what yeah yeah i haven't seen it since i was like eight but yeah so spock's obsessed with inner phase and he keeps putting his hands through things just to make points. They're in he's their like, they're in their observation like lounge, and he's just like, "Look, ooh, ooh, my hand goes through the table," and it's like, "Stop that!" It's cool, right? I don't know. It's not cool in a comic book because you don't even really notice that his fingers are in the table in that particular panel. I guess so. I guess so. It is kind of weird because, like, we just did a commentary for the next phase on my other show, and uh, I, I had um, Philip and Daniel from well, uh, Earl Grey on, and um, you know, one of them brought up like, you know, this is really kind of like Tholian Web, you know, sort of thing, and it's like, yeah, uh, like I mean, reading this thing again, I'm like, wow, yeah, I mean. That must, even though they don't reference it at all, and it's a different thing that causes it and everything like that. Like Ron Moore, who wrote Next Phase, must have been like, "Oh yeah, you know, like in Tholian Web," because mm-hmm. it is very similar. I don't know. Have you seen Next Phase? I have. Okay. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. Aside from the fact that they don't go through the floors, right? Yes. Aside from the fact they don't go through the floors, but we can Although, have the same I- argument here too. I think I might have figured it out, though, right? Maybe it's the artificial gravity that keeps them afloat. Hmm. Maybe there's something like, like the artificial that. gravity affects the phase before and after it so that they're... Like, it keeps... Because, like, you know, I mean, we see that, like, if something in out of phase pushes something else out of phase, like, it, you know, it, it continues to... To, to move like they mm-hmm. push the dude out the out the wall right and he just starts tumbling through oh, space man, that was cool so maybe but like the wall doesn't stop him right mm-hmm. so maybe there's something about the artificial gravity plating which uh, it it does maintain like that that push hmm. against out of phase objects 
you just solved everyone's problem. I don't know. Larry's sure feverishly someone... writing it down. I've got to put that in the next book. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the, it's kind of inconsistent even in this comic. The comic where they can do anything and they're like, like Spock is holding on to the edge of one of those big glass view screens in the back and then shoving his arm through the middle of it. Is there just a hole right there in the glass? I mean, that could be right. Like, I, I mean, guess. it seems like it is kind of random at this point, you know, and it's probably changing as well, right? Right. I don't know. So they're they're stuck in interface. Nobody knows why the warp won't work. McCoy is immediately affected by the madness that comes through interface. Yeah. And this is cool because this is sort of where it, it differentiates itself from the episode. You know, in the episode... The Defiant, they, well, for one thing, they don't just stumble across it. They're going to find the Defiant, yes. right? Which is green and, and glowy, which these they're not, which makes me sad. Yeah. Well, yeah. But the Defiant is the one who stumbles across it, mm-hmm. right? So they're basically put in the situation that the Defiant was put in, and we're seeing how they react as opposed to the, the, the Defiant crew, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And also, since they're not on a rescue mission and everything like that, everything has kind of changed. And that's why the plot of this story is substantially different from the plot of Tholian Webb, mm-hmm. the episode. And, okay, well, let's we'll, we'll get into more of that later on. Yeah. So. So McCoy so, is angry. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mad McCoy, he's, he's kind of like, he's experiencing visions and stuff. I don't know. But uh, he's walking, uh, Kirk and Spock are talking about it, walking past a red shirt, and red shirt's just like, ah, I'm a crazy person! And so they uh, nerve pinch him and take him to sickbay, and they find that uh, McCoy has sedated himself. Yeah, you'd think, I mean, because we see later on that McCoy left a message for them, you'd think since he had the time to leave the message that he would just maybe call them up and be like, look, uh, watch out, guys. I'm going to put myself under sedation. If, in case you don't find my message, mm-hmm. kind of like in Tholian Web, how Kirk leaves the message for oh. Kirk, for Bones and them, and it figures that they'll listen to it. Maybe McCoy figured the same thing, and that's the equivalent there. It's an interesting parallel, yeah. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I like that uh, Kirk does an all-ship bulletin and then uh, can't turn it off because his finger just goes through the off button. Yeah, so does that mean that the, everyone else can hear him throughout the rest of the uh, episode? Right, that's or, what I was questioning. I yeah. wondered about that. So they find McCoy, they find his message, and he says that, you know, people are in going to be in pain, and then uh, then they're going to go crazy. So you better watch out. You better lock everybody up until we find a cure. And uh, earlier... Scotty had complained about sudden pain and dramatically. Uh, Sulu. 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 Yeah. Getting ahead of myself there. <laughs> so, uh, Sulu had complained of sudden pain. And dramatically, as soon as uh, McCoy says sudden pain, uh, ship goes to red alert. Everyone's passed out on the bridge. Well, they're not passed out, they're stunned because Sulu's in the captain's chair. It's your favorite yep. moment, even if he's a crazy person and he shot everybody else in the bridge. Sulu's in the captain's yeah. chair. 
This kind of reminds me of um, what they were doing with the the Troy Wharf relationship on Next Gen. Have you gotten that far? No, but I'm familiar with it. Okay. Well, you know, they were clearly setting up like a Troy Wharf relationship, right? Right. But like every sort of like step in that relationship was like some sort of weird alternate, alternate, alternate reality sort of thing. Like, oh, this is an alternate timeline or, oh, this is where they've been turned into animals or, oh, this, this. And then by the time they get to the payoff of like, oh, now they're in a relationship or whatever, it's like, but isn't that kind of a fake relationship? Because it's just been a bunch of like weird alternate realities where Worf they were in a relationship. didn't care about her, but then all of a sudden he's just like, hmm, maybe it could work. I guess that's what it was. You know, I don't know. Um, so what's that have to do with this? But well, it's it's kind of like you know Sulu. You know, here we're we're seeing it's like oh, you know, he's going to be a captain in the new series the new tv show which is coming out uh uh let's say 2017 september 2017 what you said last week okay um so you know we're gonna show him in command but like here he's in command and he's crazy and you know this is probably actually something that would be sort of a a ding against him being under command but maybe (laughs) he's thinking about it too maybe he's thinking about his 2017 show and he's just kind of getting ahead of himself yeah. You know? So so like he know. caught a glimpse of it and he's like, I need to take command as often as I can if I'm gonna be in charge of the show. And apparently the next storyline is gonna be about that as well. Really? Like Sulu in command. Check it out. <laughs> the first issue's out. I haven't read it yet because I'm waiting for the whole thing to come out so I can read it right. all in one shot. Yeah. So Sulu's in command. And uh, he's locked Kirk and Spock in uh, Med Bay. Sick Bay. Oh, they do call it Sick Bay. They call it Med Bay in the the video game. And it oh, upset yeah. me greatly. Like, you know, mm. we've got to get down to Med Bay. What, what is Med Bay? There is no such thing. It's called Med Sick Bay. Bay. Is Sick the, Bay. <laughs> Med Bay is the laser sword of, of Star Trek. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you have a laser sword, Han. God. Okay. <laughs> well, they say you know whatever he calls him Han. That's what he was called back then, or whatever. Lando doesn't care. Okay, kind of like maybe he was called Han, and then he's like, no, no, call me Han. Right, and it's like it's too late. I mean, that happens all the time. Like you work with with people, you know, whose like names are pronounced a certain way, and then like you talk to them, and it's like. Like, there's this guy I used to work with whose name was, uh, well, Manuel. Mm-hmm. And lots of people call him Manuel. <laughs> That's unfortunate. And so it was kind of like a 50-50. Is it Manuel or Manuel? And at one point, like, I went up to him. I'm like, how do you pronounce your name? And he's like, I don't care. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go with Manuel then. And he's like, all right, whatever. I don't care. So anyway, Scotty... uh actually has changed all the codes because scotty is also crazy and he's shot everybody in engineering which is just Geenzer. yeah which is weird that there's it's a big engineering section to just be two dudes were we talking about this last week i was talking about this with someone last week about Keenzer. We, well about engineering always being empty 
No. It wasn't this okay. show. So go ahead. All right. I don't know. I recorded 15 episode 15 podcasts in one day so i'm I'm a little you know but uh, yeah we were talking about how it's always empty you know like next gen there's always people in it but here it's always empty and you know there's like one guy and it's never scotty right you know it's like why is that and i think what we came up with was scotty is like you know he's friends with all the senior staff and everything like that so what he wants to do is he wants to just hang out with his friends so he's like, ah, I'll go up onto the bridge and, you know, sit at my <laughs> station up there. But he seems in, in the JJ-verse to hang out in engineering a little more frequently. I think because he's friends with Keenzer, yeah. right? So, and yeah. maybe because Simon Pegg likes to drink beer, and so he stays in the brewery. There Can we go. just there film all my scenes here? <laughs> I bet he never leaves engineering in the new movie. Yep. Uh, I'm one of the things that they do do in this scene is they have Scotty um, getting a little cranky about Sulu being in command instead of himself. Right? Oh, time for a he's like time for a mutiny. It's like why would they put the pilot in command instead of the guy who actually keeps the ship running? <laughs> so uh, Scotty's great idea about maximizing his chances about getting out of interphase is to separate the ship. Mm -hmm. So uh, we get a cool bit where everybody's yelling at each other from through the intercom, which I guess is not an intercom anymore because the ship is now in two pieces. But we get a cool shot of the ship in two pieces. Uh, kind of looks like there's a you know captain's yacht lifeboat kind of thing and all kinds of neat bits. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see it separated like that. Because you always hear like in the in the extra stuff about how like the original series Enterprise could separate. It just never did. Mm -hmm. But now we get to see it separate. So so Scotty's idea of getting out is that uh it would be easier to get the warp drive working again if there was less ship to get moving. So he's just like, screw you guys and just pops the Pops the saucer off, and it's like, I'm leaving. And just starts flying away. Yeah, it doesn't exactly seem like the best idea in the world, but... You but know. he's a crazy person. But before he can fly away, here come unidentified craft, who immediately put up a, a web. Yeah. So they must be like the, uh, the, the Tholians from the Mirror Universe. Yeah. In the... They just immediately put up a web, and it's more of a, a spinny web than it is like a like a geometric web. I like the the enhancements that they made to the Tholians for for this thing. It it seems in fitting with you know like the the aesthetic of the JJ verse. You know, there's more of them, and they they look like they're shooting fire out the back. Mm hmm. So everything is very dynamic. Yeah, very dynamic. So everything gets uh webbed. And that's how the first issue ends, with the saucer section in a web and the uh, engineering section in a web. Therefore, making Tholian webs. Ah, let's see what they did there. So it's not just, not just a clever name like, well, you know, we've got alien and aliens, because there's more than one alien. They actually put more than one web in here. And this may be the reason why they separate. <laughs> Maybe. It's just like... Would be great if we actually had Tholian webs, like more than one. 
It's cool. So everybody's going crazy. Uh, Sulu's still in command of the saucer section. And Scotty's in command of the drive section. And Kirk is in command of sickbay. Medbay. <laughs> no, it's sickbay. Oh, okay. It's right. only medbay in the, in the canon video game. Okay. So, uh, Spock's like, hey, I found McCoy's notes. I could probably find a cure for, like, the craziness. And Kirk's like, I'm going to crawl up every Jeffrey's tube from sickbay to the bridge. And while he's on his way, Sulu starts uh, monologuing, which gives Ahura, who is apparently awake, time to blast him in the face. Stun, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I did appreciate that, uh, like, just as right as soon as Kirk's about to go into the Jeffrey's tube, Uhura's just like, hey, I've got the bridge. You can, I can, like, beam you up here. Or no, I could unlock the turbo lifts. And he's like, okay, good. Yeah, although something tells me he would have liked climbing up at least a few levels, you know. He wouldn't, but he can't run. He can't run in the Jeffrey's tubes. He can't crawl fast. It's not dynamic. No, I, I still think it's like it's like adventurous, you know. Oh yeah, kind of. Yeah, I could see him getting a kick out yeah. of that. So okay. apparently, it's the time when everybody's stun wears off because uh, Keenzer, Keenzer wakes up, and mm-hmm. Keenzer actually kicks. Uh, like takes like a wrench and like takes Scotty's knees out and then punches him in the face. Yeah. Yeah. And then he steps up on his little step stool. Oh, it's so cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and starts chatting with Ahura because he doesn't like to talk. Yeah. So they're using AOL and, and chatting. It makes sense. JJ says he still has an AOL email address. <laughs> what is his AOL email address? Spielberg lover at AOL.com. You'd figure it would be pretty early on in in terms of like AOL stuff, right? So it's probably JJ Abrams at AOL.com. <laughs> it's true before you. I mean, if he name. hasn't updated it, it's going to be before he was famous and stuff. We should email right? him. So it probably is JJ Abrams at AOL.com. It's just a total guess, by the way. Right. I don't know for sure. Don't email that poor person. Yeah. He's busy making new Star Wars movies, guys. Leave just him alone. The one. So the idea is uh the idea that Keenser has is to use a plasma blast to break the web, but he doesn't want to hurt anybody in engi- in the engineering section. So he suggests that they beam everybody off the engineering section to the saucer section. Just like you would in an actual, just what you're supposed to use the saucer separation for. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Spock figured out the cure, so he wakes up McCoy, and uh, here, here we're getting back into not necessarily exactly like the issue, but we've got Kirk putting his life on the line mm-hmm. via transporter. So there's there's another thing. Because uh, he has to make sure that we could beam between the webs. So he yeah. chooses himself and beams to the engineering section so that they can start beaming people back. But it's kind of the reverse, because in the last one, he's like, everyone else beam, and I'll stay behind, and then he can beam me next. Exactly. Whereas in this one, he's like, I'll beam first, and then we can let everyone else beam. Exactly. Yeah. Same idea. The more people. Then, finally, 
after having them in a web for what's got to be like Spock's found the cure for something and they've figured out all these plans and people's stuns wore off. Uh, the Tholians are finally just like, hey, you're in our space. So it's been like a couple hours they've been caught in this web and then the Tholians are like, you better get out. We can't get out. Well, then we'll just blow you up. And uh, they say that the, the Tholian commander is Commander Loskeen, mm-hmm. which is the same commander from. I was the hoping episode. that was the case. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they're not going to destroy them. They're just going to like tow them in the webs. So they've like caught them in a net, and now they're going to like tow them to the Tholian homeworld so that they can be put on trial. And they finally uh, get everybody beamed off of the drive section. And it looks like they actually use the sparklies that you like in 3D to break the web. Um, yeah, I guess I guess that's true. Yeah. Like they just shoot off the sparklies without going to warp, which uh, which breaks the web. And then they decide to use their phasers. It's very strange. And apparently they don't care about falling into interphase by overexertion of movement or energy because they just blow the crap out of all these Tholians. I guess they figure they got to do what they got to do, right? And then in order to break the saucer section out, they just use their phasers to break the web. Which, why didn't they just use their phasers instead of the... Maybe you could only do that from the outside? Maybe. But they uh mm. they they blow the hell out of those Tholians. Yeah. Except for uh except for Loskin, who flies off swearing revenge when we next meet no amount of trickery will save you. It'll be interesting if we see the Tholians again. Maybe they'll be in the movie. Maybe oh, Idris yeah. Elba is playing a Tholian. That'd be cool. That would be weird to cast him as a CG alien, but hey. Maybe it's not going to be CGI. Oh man, makeup Tholians or puppet puppeted Tholians, puppeted by Idrisella get... himself. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> That'd yeah. be great. So apparently, because they the comic writers had forgotten about interface and passing through objects, the webs counteracted the uh, the interface thing so now they're still stuck floating through things but they got the ship back together and fixed the uh, warp drive and then fly off into a uh, back toward the alpha quadrant yeah and it ends with with uh, kirk and keenzer deciding to have uh, a drink together um it's a riveting one-way Keen- conversation yeah keenzer is not a very big fan of talking um, but it's a cute scene. I like it. Yeah. But he does talk occasionally, like in the movies, you know? Yeah, he makes some noises and stuff. He he yells down that hallway. and Hell. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I like this, this issue or this, you know, storyline. I think the reason um, that, that I, I think it's so cool is because it's doing what, I, you know, they've done in the past um occasionally where they're taking like a storyline from the original series and really sort of adapting it for the circumstances mm-hmm. that 
that are present in the JJ verse, you know, or in this case, you know, it's, it's, a, you know, this, this space is out there. I mean, they talk about how the, you know, the Tholians just kind of like hang out here and just wait for random ships to fly through here and become disabled and then, you know, go in for the kill or whatever, you know, and that's, you know, probably what happened, you know, to the defiant with them getting caught in their thing and, you know, Enterprise coming to, to, to grab them and, and here it's, they get caught like the Defiant and, and I like that, you know, it's not um, time specific like a lot of the episodes are, or a lot of the storylines are, um, with the timeline changing for no apparent reason. It's not a beat for beat retelling of the Tholian web, uh, but it's kind of a, well, what if this little thing was changed, this one thing, how would this scenario play out? And there's similarities and there's differences, and um, I, I I like that. I like the differences and, and all that stuff. It's cool. Yeah, the differences for the most part make sense for the uh, for the comic, rather than it's just like, well, this is different. So you know, this is vastly different. I keep coming back to Return of the Archons. It's like, oh, you know, yeah. Landry was a an artificial intelligence he was a scientist who became an artificial intelligence a hundred years ago who you know experimented on you know social experiments on on all these federation citizens and like there's no logical reason for all of that to be different but you know coming back through and falling out of warp in interphase space and tholians coming it, it makes sense uh it, it makes more sense than than a lot of the the differences that the comics do and it's not uh you know oh vulcan's gone and that's why this is different it's just the timing is different so they fell into it first yeah it's cool yeah I, I, i'd say it's pretty cool one, one, one of the uh, one of the better adaptations i'd say probably yeah sure i mean not not that i think any of them are really um you know bad by any stretch of the imagination but uh I'd say this is one of the better ones. Sure. Well, it was fun talking about the Tholian webs today, but that's just one of the Trek topics we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. Is there that awkward part like near the end where he's like walking back to his shuttle like, so will this take me back, or...? <laughs> <laughs> you said it wasn't very fast. Can I go fast enough to slingshot around the sun? Then? Can we slingshot the Dyson Sphere? Because that's basically a sun. Earl Grey. Yeah, really, she's following the Hasbrat, I think, is really what it is. <laughs> Come for the revolution, stay for the Hasbrat. It's got to be fresh Hasbrat. None of that replicates. Like, Daniel's, like, at the watching the end of this episode, like, tears are coming down the face. It's like, oh, it's the Hasbrat. It's so spicy. It's what it is. <laughs> the Orb. Well, apparently, and did you find this interesting, Matthew? Apparently, the Navark reports directly to the prophets. Which is awkward, because they don't always show up for meetings, so... Right. Yeah. Plus, you never know what time the meeting is really going to be, right? That is true. It could have been yesterday, and you might have missed it. The Ready Room. Do you think this episode would have been so popular and remain a fan favorite if the Enterprise had been overrun with zebra mussels? <laughs> to the journey! The crew attempts to rescue three aliens in stasis from a bizarre program based on fear. Like all fear, you eventually 
Spanish. Warp 5. It kind of like is akin to um, when fans saw the Galaxy class in the next generation for the very first time. And you had a, basically a crew and civilian complement of what, over a thousand people? About two thirds of that complement were civilians and their families. So you d actually did have teachers and scholars and scientists and, and their extended families on board. Commentary Trek Stars. One of the things that amazes me about the score for Star Trek The Motion Picture is that he, he only had 50% of the movie available to him when he scored. So he, he was scoring an awful lot to scene missing, scene missing. The 602 Club. Where did he get the cloak from on the other planet? I really, really, really want to know. He shows up uh, with the he, cloak. He, he, he kind of fashioned it out of out of a rudimentary lathe. <laughs> uh. Literary treks. It's a small point, but I thought it was really interesting to have here in the book because, again, that's what Star Trek Deep Space Nine has really always done for Star Trek, which is kind of make faith okay in the Star Trek universe and show how it's valid. And so I thought that was a really nice, uh, and it, again, it's a it's a tiny point in the book, but I thought it was pretty powerful, at least for me, who is somebody who is a faith. So. Mm -hmm. Axanar, the official podcast. It is the spirit of TOS that matters that's being captured, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the aesthetic. The aesthetic was 1966 to 1969 that had its moment, it had its time, and there's a certain amount of charm still to that but it doesn't allow you to push the narrative forward because that type of aesthetic holds creativity back in my opinion women at warp and we have her to thank for the fact that deanna troy only has two breasts yes thank you now. thank you dc fontana for sparing us from a three-breasted troy and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or you can just stream from the website. Just visit Trek.fm slash podcast to get all the links. If you'd like to contact us and share your thoughts on the comics or, or anything, uh, you can go to Trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose send a show and choose standard orbit. That'll come to both of us by email. You can also use the button on the left-hand column of any page to send us a voicemail using webcam's microphone. And you can talk to us and our other listeners at our Facebook group, The Babel Conference. In social media, you'll find our Facebook page at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Mike, where can people find you out of orbit? Uh, you can find me right here on trek.fm doing uh, commentary Trek Stars, or you can also find me on commentarytrackstars.com doing uh, a couple podcasts. And you can find me on Twitter at Mumbles3K. And uh, that's about it. And you can find me on Twitter at 005, D-U-U-B-L-E-O-F-I-V-E. And on various other places around the internet and the network and all kinds of places. So before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor who helps bring Standard Orbit to you each week. And our sponsor for the show is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible's the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Mike, what do you have for everyone? 
Well, I figure with all this talk about interphase and whatnot, it might be a good idea to read The Physics of Star Trek, Mm -hmm. which was written by Lawrence M. Krauss and narrated by Larry McKeever. It's unabridged, six and a half hours long. What actually happens when the words, beam me up, Scotty, are uttered? Well, we wouldn't know because it's never happened. Exactly. Um, What warps when something travels to warp speed? Internationally renowned theoretical physicist and educator Lawrence M. Krauss provides matter-of-fact scientific explanations of the physics of Star Trek in this highly creative and informative guide for both the devoted Trekkie and the physics novice. And you can get this for free since you listen to Standard Orbit. That's right. As a Trek FM and Standard Orbit listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial just to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Standard Orbit and Trek FM. We'd also like to thank Richard Rutledge Jr. and Renee Roberts for being our associate producers this week by supporting us on Patreon. You can find Richard on Twitter at RUT8972 and Renee at MRES underscore 1701. And if you want to join them keeping us in orbit, you can also support us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash trekfm, you'll find a list of donation levels where you can get things like exclusive digital goodies, early access to episodes, access to our project manager, and even be listed as associate producer for our shows. You'll find out where the donations can go, things like covering the monthly cost of hosting and distribution, hiring an editor for our shows, and upgrading our equipment. Again, that's patreon.com slash trekfm, so check it out. Yeah. No comics for a while, huh? No, I guess not. You know, I know they're doing the Mirror Mirror storyline, but that's, you know, multi-part and won't be done until, you know, way off in the future. So I guess this is it for the time being. All right. Yeah. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a good week and keep on trekking. It is the will of Landry. Mr. Chekhov, take us out of orbit ahead. Walk factor one. Thank you.